Hey there, spectacular teacher. It's that time of the year again. The back to school season is just around the corner. And for some of us, it's already here. As you gear up for another exciting year of shaping young minds, we've got your back with 10 of the greatest back to school tips for special education teachers just like you. So grab your highlighters and the beverage of your choice and prepare to kick off the upcoming school year on the right foot. We've got your to-do start of school checklist ready to go. Welcome to the Noodle Nook Podcast, a podcast for teachers where we break down the best tips, tricks, and tools to help educators teaching students with complex access needs and significant disabilities, including autism. I'm Io, your host, and I help teachers create the classroom of their dreams with practical strategies and actionable steps that won't leave you feeling overwhelmed. In this episode, we're talking about getting your classroom ready for back to school. So let's go ahead and get started. All right, y'all, I have to tell you that whenever we talk about back to school, uh, everybody gets a little bit anxious, right? We all have a little anxiety because life as a special education teacher is tough. When you read about school tips for the first day of school, I feel like they're always targeting general education teachers and we are a whole different breed altogether, right? So before the buses roll in on that first day of school, we need to have some solid plans on how to deliver our SPED programming to all of our students. And we're all teaching in different educational settings. Some of us are in self-contained designated special ed classrooms. Other of us are doing co-teach models or in-class interventions. So, you know, there's a bevy, a variety of things that we are all doing, but I wanna make sure that this list can touch on strategies for everyone. So no matter your setting, when you're getting ready for that first day or for that first week or for that first month, you've gotta know that this time is critical. Now, why is it so critical? (laughs) Because for some of our students, the routine that we set up those first few days of school are their routine for the entire year or possibly the entire time that they're on our campus, right? So that first day is really, really important. That first day is gonna inform them of what is supposed to happen at school on a daily basis from here on out. And let me tell you, that can be good or that can be bad. (laughs) So if you wanna get started on the right foot and be prepared, you have to put in place a solid school time routine right from the beginning of the school year. Second thing I wanna remind you of here is that that prep is critical, right? Somehow, a SPED teacher's workday is shorter and filled with more paperwork. Does that make sense, right? Like we're doing more hours, but there's less time and more things to do. <laughs> okay, maybe this isn't exactly true. I'm sure my gen ed teachers out there are like, hold up, what about us? But for SPED teachers specifically, there's just a lot of extra things to get done and no extra time to do it and no extra folks to help. So we have to be super proactive to get as much out of contract time as possible so that we are not carting home piles and piles of paperwork that lay on our laps as we fall asleep in front of Netflix on the couch. (laughs) The third thing to know here as we get ready for back to school is that it is a very stressful time, especially if you are a new teacher. So I know you new teachers out there are just trying to survive. For vets, you know you've had a few years under your belt, but you're still trying to manage new students and deal with new staff or turnover. And you know, we all wanna hit the ground running. So the beginning of the school year is really stressful, but that is why these things are so important. So as we list this list of back to school best tips, pick the most important 
two or three or five or six that you think are things that you can attack specifically to make your school year rock solid and rocking. <laughs> All right, number one is to review student IEPs. You've got to know what is inside of these IEPs. What is the student's specific needs? What are their accommodations? Honestly, these individualized plans are our legal obligation, right? And we want to stay on the right side of due process. So take time at the beginning of the school year and look through all of that paperwork. Now, personally, I think that the best way to do that is using an IEP at a glance form. I think those are gold. It just gives you the, the right lens to look at that IEP paperwork so that when you're reading things over, you are pulling out the most relevant information that you are going to need to access over and over again throughout the year. I also love IEP at a glance forms because they make it so easy to share information with team members, with co-teachers, with support staff, with paraeducators who are in the classroom with you. So IEP at a glance forms to me, number one thing you can do is you're getting ready for the school year. Number two is to create a daily schedule. Yes, <laughs> a structured daily schedule that incorporates time for individualized instruction and small groups and large groups and independent work. All of that should be set up from the start. I personally love station instruction. I think that, especially as the school year starts, implementing stations from the get-go is the way to do it. Because when you establish that rhythm and routine, honestly, it just sets your classroom up for the entire year to be more consistent, more predictable, and, and more calming for your students. So put a schedule up. Make sure that it's in a prominent place within the classroom right from the beginning of the school year. You can adjust it and you can change it and you can modify it even in the moment, but having it up there for our students with special needs really allows them to reduce their anxiety and their stress, especially around transitions, which can be really tough for us in terms of negative behaviors. And we wanna keep those at bay, <laughs> right? So have a set daily schedule um, for the first day of school and on, and make sure you share it with your staff, your paraeducators, your related service providers, so everyone knows where it is and they can see it because we all benefit from knowing what we're supposed to be doing when we're in the school, <laughs> when we're in the classroom. Um, and if you have the capacity, if you, if you know ahead of time kind of what your daily schedule is going to be and you are having meet the teacher night, share it then so that your students can know what the schedule is going to be ahead and your parents kind of know what, what's up and can front load their child before the first day of school. All right, the third thing that you want to have in your classroom is to have some designated classroom areas. So I know, you know, I've taught in classrooms that were basically closets. <laughs> and I can tell you that sometimes space is, is at a premium in our SPED classrooms. We have a lot of things, a lot of stuff, and it can become very cluttered and overwhelming, which is why designating classroom areas is so important. We want to designate some space for independent work, for, in for interventions, for meeting with the teacher, for doing small group, for transitioning for lining up to go to lunch all of these all of these areas in the classroom we want to designate and we can do that really easily with some visual supports some t signs some color coding if you are interested in more on how to designate classroom areas i highly suggest you check out the podcast or the post on structuring 
uh, classroom, the structured classroom layout, it actually has a free checklist along with it. So you can actually get a little checklist to help you walk through the process of setting up your classroom. So definitely check out that podcast and that post. But look at a way to designate the area in your space and define the space in your classroom so that it will be more functional for you and your team over the course of the entire school year. Number four tip here is to set up those data sheets. Whew, data, that's like the four letter word of special ed, isn't it? We are all, <laughs> we are all at the mercy of the data all of the time. But that means that we have to be very diligent about collecting the data and getting the data done and not making it control us, but keeping us in control of it. If you're a vet, you know what I'm talking about here. You can drown by the paperwork. So before the school year even gets started, start getting your data sheets set up. Get your data system established from the get-go because it's harder to catch up with it, with it than it is to just keep up with it. So I highly suggest keeping up with it. Your parent-teacher conferences are gonna be here sooner than you think, and you want to have that data reporting already done and not feel like you're playing catch-up that week of, of parent-teacher conferences and progress report time. So get those data sheets set up so that you can stay on top of it the entire year. Number five is to decide on your routines and procedures. You need an established and very clear set of routines and procedures in your classroom, period. Now, we have a couple of posts at noodlenook.net that you can check out uh, if you're trying to figure out what routines and procedures you should set up and how to go about teaching routines and procedures to students with disabilities. But let me tell you right now, you have got to establish that clear procedure for transitioning between activities, um, for visually cueing your students to gather materials, and to help you get things moving in your classroom without the chaos and the madness and the behaviors. So those routines and procedures will depend on the age of your students, the content that you teach, and the context of your instructional classroom, but you wanna make sure that you're establishing ones that are gonna meet the students' needs and help you manage the classroom best. So definitely check out some of the posts that we have on the blog. All right, number six is to create those essential visuals. You have a little space here before class, classes get in full swing, and this is the time where you can create the visuals that your students are gonna to need to be successful throughout the whole school year. There are definitely a few that I suggest. First up, and we kinda of already talked about this, is the visual schedule. You absolutely need to have a visual schedule in place for your students so that they can understand your daily routine and help to support transitions without behaviors, right? So you wanna absolutely make sure you have visual schedules. But the second thing that you wanna make sure that you're including are visuals for communication. Now, this might be a whole system like a picture exchange system or a PEC system. It could be a communication board or a core board, and both of those things are available in the store if you're interested, but you should have some system in place for your students to communicate. Because I can tell you a big secret right now, when a child does not have a way to communicate, they're gonna find a way, and a lot of times that's through their behaviors. And I don't know about you, <laughs> but I don't want those behaviors in my classroom. I would prefer to skip the behaviors altogether, which means getting a communication system in place from the get-go. It will 
it will free you from some of the behaviors that are bound to come if you don't have it. So you definitely want to incorporate that. If you're struggling and you're not sure exactly how to get that done, include your speech therapist, assistive, assistive technology specialist, um, even occupational ther therapists that you have available on your campus or have access to through your district might have some ideas on not only a communication system that will work most effectively, but the visuals that are going to be essential for the student to succeed. So definitely a visual schedule, a communication system. And the last thing I would say if you were thinking of your top three visuals would be a token board or behavior chart system, because you know you are going to have students who are challenged with behaviors. It is honestly just better to get those visuals out there from the get-go instead of trying to introduce them after it's uh, too late. <laughs> so get those things ready, because having these on hand, ready to go, can really make or break your success in the beginning of the school year, especially if you're working with some new students or students you have not worked with before. All right, number seven, start of year grab your calendar and fill in as many IEP calendar date reminders as possible. Now, I can tell you right now, annual IEP meetings creep up on you like the Grim Reaper. <laughs> then you, one day you're fine and the next thing you look and there it is just waiting for you and it's a surprise every time, I don't know why. But if you can do one thing to help your future self, Come up with a system to track and manage your IEP meetings. Now, you can do this digitally in a digital calendar with reminders turned on. You can do this on a paper calendar. Whatever works for you, use it. But the biggest thing is to sit down and for the entire year, make sure you are marking when your annual IEPs are due and then putting a reminder on your calendar either uh, three weeks beforehand or a couple weeks beforehand, depending on you, so that you can start to prep for that annual and it doesn't surprise you. Um, that that's never a good feeling <laughs> all right number eight is to prep a few activities you are gonna need to have some things ready for your students to go before they show up in your classroom otherwise it's just a bunch of people staring at each other trying to figure out what to do and we don't want that right that's when behaviors happen so once you establish your visual schedule and you kind of have a routine in place for your day start adding some activities that are are evergreen. In other words, you can use them all year long and with multiple students so that they've got some longevity and they've got some life. These are great things for your paraeducators to prep during that back to school time where you're in professional development and they're in the classroom trying to help you get things set up and they're not exactly sure what to do. Prepping these activities is perfect. I love task boxes as a go-to activity for engaging students, not only in academics, but in functional skills and pre-vocational skills. So I definitely suggest having some of those ready. They are a perfect grab-and-go activity to have on hand for multiple levels and across multiple contents. And you are absolutely gonna wanna have some of these ready in your classroom. Um, the easy to prep ones using materials already in your room are probably your best bet or Dollar Tree items that are really cheap. That way you're not breaking the bank to get things started. But either way, get some activities prepped, whether those are task boxes or otherwise, so that you are ready to go. Number nine, I know we're getting there, right? Number nine, you're gonna write a month of lesson plans. I know some of you are like, okay, we're gonna turn this podcast off. I am totally not doing that. But wait, hold up. <laughs> we are gonna write a month of lesson plans. But remember, a lot of what we do in our classrooms, especially if we're self-contained, is very um, repeated, right? Our, our, our routine and procedure is, is predictable. There is a cycle to it. It's very um, regulated and regular. So when we are writing this month of lesson plan, it's just us taking some time 
to plan and implement a few multi-sensory lessons that are going to cater to our students, which sounds really bad, but it's not really. In all of my years of coaching, I can tell you that every week or or every two weeks, you're probably turning over a new theme or a new unit or a new concept. And in these cycles, we just want to have some plans for what's going to happen. <laughs> I know, I know you guys are like, please, not a month of lesson plans. Make it easy on yourself. Look over your scope and sequence for your grade level and your content so that you can get an idea of what concepts you should be attacking. And then honestly, put on the office, decide to stream a couple of episodes and sit down and create some lesson plans so that you know every day when you walk into that classroom for the first month of school, what you're supposed to be talking about and what you're supposed to be doing. Because believe me, when you have that, your future self is going to thank you for it. I guarantee. All right. And then the last thing, number 10, the 10th way for you to be back to school ready. My best tip here is to prep with your team. Collaboration is always one of those things that comes up over and over again when we are back to school and we're sitting through all that professional development and everyone's like, collaborate, collaborate, collaborate. Sometimes in SPED, it's like, what, who, well, nobody, does anybody want to collaborate with us? <laughs> when we talk about collaboration, I really want you to think about sitting down with your support staff, sitting down with your gen ed counterpart, sitting down with the people who you are going to be interacting with on a daily basis and trying to establish kind of a collaborative learning environment because you are not flying solo and you need to know who is on your team and how those members can support you and how you can support them so that we can all be successful together in supporting our students. I mean, really, when we work together, everybody wins. So think about how you can collaborate and get your team kind of gelling together right from the beginning of the school year so that things will run more smoothly all year long. Whew, how y'all feeling, right? Back to school season is here. So we're gearing up for this year. And if you are gonna do these things, if you review your IEPs, create a structured daily schedule, designate your classroom areas, set up your data, establish some routines and procedures, create those essential visuals you know you're gonna need, fill in your IEP calendar, prep some activities for the classroom, write a month of lesson plans, and then get going with collaborating with your team. I can tell you right now, your year is going to be more amazing. I, I guarantee it, I guarantee it. And remember, you are not flying solo. We can do this together. If you want more information on how to support your students, definitely check out not only the blogs, uh, the posts on the blog, but also the resources that are in the store. So before we wrap up, I just wanna invite you to join the tens of thousands of other teachers just like you who are getting valuable tips and insights right into their inbox by subscribing to the Noodle Nook newsletter at noodlenook.net slash inbox. You'll stay in the loop and keep those teaching gears turning all for the better, I promise. All right, y'all, if you enjoyed this episode and don't want to miss out on any more great content, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Otherwise, thank you for tuning in to The Noodle Nook, a podcast for teachers just like you. We need all the great teachers we can get. So this is Io here reminding you to stay strong and teach on.